Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. center of the galaxy this is the force center podcast feed on cat napsuck for another edition of force center the main show the superstar destroyer of our fleet as we always say here every week and i am joined by it's a full crew today it's everybody joseph scrimshaw is here jennifer landa is here and we are going to be talking star trek Star Ooh. Wars, <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> something. Uh, we're here, guys. Furries, right? <laughs> yes. This is our furries episode. <laughs> this is our, uh, we're going to break down every episode of Fraggle Rock. <laughs> yes. All right. 
No, guys, it's Force Center. We're here to talk Star Wars. It's good to be here, uh, as always, with you two. How are we all doing? Are we doing good, Joseph? We're doing very good. I've got some tea with some whiskey in it. I saw you making that. A little jealous. I got my Gatorade, which yep. you need for, to refill some electrolytes. They're not a sponsor. But you got a nice, and I wish this was a video show, because you got a nice Empire the Strikes Back, uh, Empire the Strikes Back? Empire <laughs> Strikes Back uh, mug there. Yeah, yeah. It's the one I used to use on Jedi Alliance, so I'm putting oh, it back okay. into service. Okay. It was very rude of me to make a whiskey tea in front of you and not offer it. A little bit. A yeah. little bit. I Ich-chuta. apologize. Ichuta. <laughs> um, but definitely, uh, that's, a, that's an art, artful mug. I if like you want that. a little whiskey in your Gatorade, let me know. Ooh, a whiskey aid. <laughs> I don't know if that works. Maybe. We'll find out. I'm always game. And Jennifer Landa. Yes. You, I got to tell you, I, you know, as the story goes, I used to watch your channel before I met you. Oh, yeah. You know, uh-huh. and I was a fan of, uh, of your Wookiee teenies and everything. <laughs> I forgot how good of a public dancer you were. <laughs> I brought that one out of the vault. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, For International Dance Day, I didn't have time to put a new video together. So I brought that one back where I danced to uh, Mecco's Star Wars Mm -hmm. in Union Station in downtown Los Angeles. Wow. Right. And it was fascinating because I thought for sure somebody would want to dance with me. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) did. (laughs) They ignored me like the crazy person that I am. Was the music playing so they could hear or were you just dancing? No, I was dancing with my earbuds in. So that uh, makes it even, I think, crazier. So, significantly. <laughs> to see this full video, I want you all to go at some point to Jennifer's YouTube page. If you're not subscribed already, you, you should head over there and subscribe and get some great stuff. But uh, get this uh, video going here because there's so much I want to ask about it, Jennifer, now that I know you. Because you've done these other kind of videos before. I've se- I remember seeing you dance down at Venice, right? Yes, or something like that? My, yeah, my backwards Star Wars dance. Right, yeah, right. That was a blast. What does that mean? Uh, backwards. We, I basically choreographed the entire dance routine mm. so that when we played the we played the music backwards and then in post we made it forward. Okay, so normal. So it's like a little Star Wars nightmare. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because that, yeah, that's like Twin Peaks technology. It kind of did have yeah. a creepy wow. effect. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I love dancing for Star Wars. Yeah. It's just it's what I always <laughs> wanted to do as a kid. Really? As a, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is dance awesome. for Star Wars? Yes. I didn't know that was an option. Well, okay. I'm making it an option. And that's going to tie into our main theme today. Yeah. We'll come back to that. But one of the things now that I know you, Jennifer, is. You, I'm, I'm going to describe you as somewhat shy. <laughs> you're, you're a studious uh, fan of Star Wars. You show up with your notes, <laughs> and you're kind of, you're kind of shy, yes. quiet. Mm-hmm. How do you find with the, with the power within yourself? What do you draw upon the Force to dance in Union Station? It is a little bit, yes, like I do become a Jedi. I just, I get really focused and there's something, it's very, it's very liberating okay. to just be, and I think maybe that's it. If it was a group of my friends, I, I probably would be a little right. bit like, oh, this is awkward. Because if Ken and I were walking along with you and said, hey, let's all dance now, you'd be like, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you guys do it first, maybe. <laughs> but this is your mission. Right. And then the fact that there's nobody, that these people have no yeah. idea who I am. Yeah. So it, there is something really freeing about that. So you just disconnect from that and, totally. and just get into your own zone and it, dance. That's why I'm an actor. Got you it. You know, actors are weird. We sure. are a weird well, bunch. I, I'm not saying that. I'm just, I, I found it impressive. Number <laughs> yeah. one, you're a good dancer. Let's throw <laughs> that out there. But Thank yeah, and, you, and, and people were brushing by you. Oh, yeah. And like you, there was one guy when you pulled out the lightsaber was like, <laughs> well, what's this girl got a lightsaber for? Uh, but it's fascinating case, uh, case study of how humans interact with yeah, humans. Yeah, absolutely. Would you feel better 
or how would it make you feel if somebody walked by and recognized you while you were in the middle of dancing to Star Wars in your earbuds? If somebody, because you just said that, you know, nobody really knows who you are. If somebody walked by and was like, Jennifer Landa, Star Wars dancer, and like recognized what you were doing <laughs> while you were doing it, would you be excited or would you be like, nope, got to back up. This is over. I, you know, I'd be really uh, surprised if somebody would recognize <laughs> me, first of all. You never know. And then I would, I would want to perform for them. Okay. Fair enough. That's Put fair. on a show. Yeah. Again. For one fan. <laughs> a command performance. Command performance. Head over to Jennifer's YouTube page and catch her dancing along to uh, Star Wars music. It is something that you can't miss. Uh, so on the show this week, do we have a big main theme we're going to get into, and it is Star Wars Adventures of Our Youth. We're going to talk about some news first, but... Just to uh, get an overview of what we're talking about today, so when you're out there listening, I want you to start thinking about what your connection to Star Wars was as a Ute, and we're going to talk about that, and maybe we'll get a little bit more on wanting to be a Star Wars dancer from Jennifer (laughs) Landon. But first, Jennifer's got the news. Not a ton, because this is a... uh, uh, news is flowing so fast, sometimes we can't ke- keep up when we get together to record, but there's some things we always want, like to discuss as a group. So what do we have, Jennifer? Well, this week has been a little bit slower after Star Wars Celebration oh, and Comic-Con. I know, right? It was like so fast, so much information. Now it's chill. Uh, but something that did get a lot of traction was a new theory that Rey is the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> so yes. A, a new theory in a... Re- Replacing the old theory? I don't know how There's I been a can't lot even of keep track of how many theories okay. there are. And honestly, I, when I first saw this, I'm like, oh, here we go again. But people were really intrigued by it uh, and sharing it. So chef and food writer J. Kenji Lopez-Alt okay. believes that there are several clues that show proof that Ray is indeed a Palpatine. Some of these clues are that her fighting style is similar to Palpatine's yep. fighting style. We've noted that one mm-hmm. before. Her name... Uh, the rage that she exhibits throughout the film, mm-hmm. and also that this would carry on the Star Wars tradition of having a Skywalker against a Palpatine. Mm. So obviously Ben Solo versus hmm. Rey, if she's a Palpatine. Hmm. Right. Okay. So what do you what do you guys think? Well, I think Ray Palpatine mm-hmm. sounds like a dock worker from the 1930s. <laughs> so Ray, the- can you put another piece of rebob on the ship? Hey, hey, hey. Fill out my check. Ray Palpatine. Yeah, Ray Palpatine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, Joseph. Yeah, you were so, saying? Uh, no, no, that, just, that was crazy yeah. make em ups about uh, Ray's name. Crazy make em up. Yeah. I like the connection to the fighting style. That's, I think, the strongest thing yes. to me that's of interest to me in this theory. And we've talked about it before, but to reiterate, yeah, I think we all and a lot of people had that reaction the first time we saw Ray with a lightsaber. Yeah. She fights exactly like a older uh, stage. Uh, a theater fighter, <laughs> exactly. That that Polite weird way. I'm trying to talk about Ian McDiarmid. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to be nice about it, you could say it is a, a stabbing technique. <laughs> if you want to be not as nice about it, it's sort of like I'm going to run at you with a lightsaber, and if you happen to walk into it, it's your fault. Kind of move. Yes, but, but it, it was is very, very distinctive. Very yeah. distinctive, mm-hmm. and it was very similar. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I want to believe that there was that much thought given to the lightsaber fighting styles. And I think sure. other parts of her moves look very much like, I know how to fight with a staff, so I'm using this in this big, broad way. Yeah. Uh, so I like to think that there's meaning there. Mm-hmm. But the name thing, eh, that doesn't hold a lot of weight for me, because I think his argument is mostly just that Star Wars names have significance. Vader right. being what, German for father? Yeah. Dutch, maybe. Du- yeah. Dutch uh-huh. or something like that. Right. Uh, and that uh, Ray translates loosely in Latin to king or something like that. And right. that, well, the emperor, king, get it, get it, get it. That doesn't. That one doesn't hold hold as much water for me. The rage thing, 
uh, she's probably spent an entire lifetime being told to smile on Jakku. She's probably just pissed <laughs> off. Don't take my hand. Yeah. I, she's probably, that's where her rage comes from. But I definitely think the rage thing is interesting because I think that in Star Wars lore, when you're dealing and playing with the Force and you get that, that rage, that, that means dark and light is, is, is within you or, or without or around you. So I think that's something to that, but I wouldn't attach that to Palpatine. Yeah, I think that's going to be a part of the story, even if it is, like you're saying, even if it's just she's an angry youth who has learned to defend herself, I think right. in Episode Eight, part of it is going to be Luke saying, just take a step back. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And this this uh, guy, he points to the Force Awakens script and the novelization where it talks about how she's on the verge of the dark side, but she she hears a voice calling. Oh, right. Right. And but she does not give in. So he's saying that that might be part of it. That you know, it's her grandfather that's calling. Sure. To her. And that could uh, look. And I actually uh, could be. I could get behind this theory, and I could get excited about her being a Palpatine. Yeah. I, I, I could. I, I still, if I had my druthers, I think I'd still go with Luke as the father, and as simple, no surprises, it, it is what it is, but also Kenobi. I, I like that, too. But um, I could get behind it. I, I wouldn't be rolling my eyes if it happened. But yeah. I just don't, I think I think there's a little bit of grasping at straws. And I love a good Ray theory. <laughs> yeah, I do. I like the con- general conclusion that he comes to, or sort of more the thematic idea that it would be cool to see a a bad person turn to the light, right? Uh, kind of mm-hmm. thing. We're already seeing that a little bit with Kylo of him fighting the light, but mm-hmm. I, I do like that idea. So I would I wouldn't be upset if there was a good uh, way to frame it that she was a Palpatine. Yeah, I just don't think the evidence is super there. I don't think so, mm-hmm. and, and that's even with new information that. Um, we're not going to spoil Life Debt, but the ending of Life Debt yeah. might be even something else you could throw in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, yeah. you let us know if you want to know, Jennifer. Oh, man. Because I know the, the book reading is I'm hard I know with, my book uh, reading. with the child raising. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, I might have to get a spoiler, yeah. Just yeah. Tell me later. So, but we'll, is we'll there anything you. in here that's compelling to you? To me, no. I mean, I, I was... I. Uh, yes, the fighting style, okay. Uh, the rage, I wasn't, uh, to me, I didn't really buy that. Um, it's an interesting theory, but part of me resists all these rape theories because it feels like they're trying to justify why she beat Kylo Ren. How Ooh. can they justify mm. why she is so good? Well, she has to be related right. to Luke Skywalker. Well, she has to be related to Palpatine. Instead of just be, why can't she just be awesome and mm-hmm. excellent in her own right. Yeah. Hey, okay. I think there. that's a fair criticism. And yeah. I think there's some, I think people are going to get just caught up in, in the idea of who her parents are, but I am fully, I'm on record as how much I love the character of Ray. And I love, I love that she defeats him. I love that hero shot of her. Uh, it's, it's, it's the thing that brings me back to force awakens time and time again, where I've now watched it 11 times. Wow. And, um, it's already starting to fade in the background. I still love it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's the thing where it's like it's on when I'm folding the laundry and I just come back to it in an hour, but I stop and turn for, for a lot of those hero moments with Ray. So I, I, I'm, I'm behind that too. Maybe she just is. Yeah. You know? I think at this point when we're choosing in our hearts who we want Ray's parents to be, mm-hmm. what we're choosing is which graphic novel or book do we want that tells the story of which Star Wars character making love and or clones and or God knows what. Do you want a story of Obi-Wan hooking up with a lonely lady? Yeah. Do you want Palpatine doing some horrible dark art 
of the Sith. No, that's just wrong. <laughs> We're born of the Force. You born know. Of, I'm still I'm still down with born with the Force. Born of the Force is still one. a good theory. Yeah, I think too. I think I go Luke Kenobi born with the Force I'm for my desires. Okay, I go I go born of the Force, Luke, and maybe Wedge. <laughs> just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Oh boy, um, that's great. But great. Hey, you know, and there's a lot of theories. Still coming out there. I still love that we have the this uh, lore and theories and mythology to dive into. It's one of my favorite things that Force Awakens did was create uh, new questions for the yeah. big universe. Yeah, that's yeah, it's a true. ton of fun. Yeah. Well, some questions have been answered, and that is that the New York Daily News is reporting that Disney has quote quietly signed Alden Ehrenreich to a three picture deal. So the rumor is that basically now he's going to have a Han Solo trilogy. Right. Right. Uh, I don't know. I know, Ken, you talked about this on your Spotlight Star Wars. A couple, a couple episodes ago on Spotlight Star Wars, I, I did uh, talk about it, but I also was half asleep when I rec- I think I called him Alden, Alden Aaron Hank or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Uh, uh, but They've uh, signed everybody with names similar to his. Similar to a three-picture deal. Um Alden Ehrenreich. Uh, he's got that charismatic smile. So, But I have no problem rehashing it here to a wider audience. Um, I, as a business decision, I think I totally understand it. Yeah, I think this is, uh, it's fun to speculate, but I just feel like in, this is a business story where they're like, well, what if it is just a massive hit? Of course we want to have him locked in. Absolutely. What if we make him an Uber star and then he's like goes the Harrison Ford route and like I'm done with that vest. I don't want to do this. And like of course they want to lock him in. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I really think it comes down to that. <clears throat> and a lot of the rumors that, well, it's one for Han Solo and two for Indiana Jones, and I just don't know. Oh Number one, that wouldn't be fair that the same person gets to play both iconic roles at a younger age. Oh, yeah. My God, that would be the ultimate <laughs> of pop culture totally eating itself of just like, yeah. you don't have your own life, your own existence. Now you're going to do Witness? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to do... The inevitable Witness reboot? Yeah. Wow. All, you're going to do The Fugitive. You're going to do all of it. Air Force 2. Yeah. You're going to do them all. <laughs> You're going to be Jack Ryan for um, two movies. But the, but the idea of, and I've put my thoughts out there, and I know we've discussed it in various places too, I'm sure. Um, I definitely think it's better to have Han, more, three Han Solo movies than three Kenobi movies. I just want my mm. one Kenobi. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, I don't know where you come down. Where you and I, Joseph, are so much about Kenobi and I desert. want a Kenobi movie more than yeah. almost three anything. of them, which had been rumored at one point. Yeah. Seems That's not necessary. Not necessary. I just, yeah, I want a nice one shot with Kenobi telling his last great adventure. I know they play within the comic books. In terms of the Han Solo, I'm, I'm actually excited by this news. I think this is good news because mm-hmm. a, it's a good business decision. Right. And also, we haven't heard anything since they quietly said, we're not going to, there were rumors about a Boba Fett movie. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's been just no announcement about what's next. Right. And I feel like they're waiting for Rogue One to land to see if it works. They're yeah. committed to Han Solo. And if they kind of have their, if Rogue One stumbles a little bit, they're kind of their backs are up against the wall of like how do we create these new non-trilogy, uh, you know, non-Skywalker family stories that people want to see. Fonsol is a hit. Why would they not just want to keep running with what's successful? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Also matches the Marvel model that they've had a lot of success with of three movies and done for Iron Man and Captain America, and we move right. on to introducing new stuff. Mm. Yeah, I, I could see that. And again, hey, Lucasfilm Disney. 
knows they, they have a game plan, even if they're figuring out some stuff as they go along. And I think that's wise uh, that they would hold off on the third movie. I think that's a smart decision. We'll see what Rogue One does. Yeah. You know, it's not going to flop financially. I don't think so. But it could flop critically. Yeah. And then you have to reevaluate what you're going to do. Yeah, I was talking to uh, my uh, my uh, uh, sister's Friend, brother. J. J. Abrams. Oh, no, sadly. Uh, so he he wants to bring his kids. He brought his kids mm-hmm. to the Force Awakens, and he's on the fence about whether he can bring them to Rogue One. So he like he wanted mm-hmm. to geek out with me about how awesome it looked, but it looked really violent. And he can't bring his kids, and he doesn't know what to do because his kids mm-hmm. will hate him if he goes to a Star Wars movie without him. And, like, sure, that to me should, is like but... that's the crux of the Rogue One. Yes. Challenge. Right. Yes. Of they want to make a truly different movie so people who do a weekly Star Wars podcast are, can be excited about, like, it's a war movie. It can be anything. But then there's people who just yeah. want to be able to bring their kids and buy them pillows with right. Jyn Erso on them, you know? Right. Mm. That's, and that's, yeah, the business of Star Wars is pretty fascinating to me. Um, and, and which is why when you look back on the prequels, I don't think I, I, I get where Lucas was going with some of it. Yep. He had to re-educate a new generation. We we weren't that generation. Yeah. We were still we were a lot younger than we are now. Whew, a lot younger. But um, you know, we said didn't like the poopy, but um <laughs> the entire generation started with that. So right. Rogue One is risky. Yeah. And I'm just gonna say brother-in-law. That's the thing I was trying to think of. I don't want to get 800 <laughs> tweets. When I said my sister's brother, I was not talking in a sort of fancy, elegant Game of Thrones way. I, I couldn't effing remember brother-in-law. But I do now. Brother so. of my sister. <laughs> I was speaking with the brother of my sister. Of That's my not sister. right. My wife's brother. Okay. The brother of my wife. Oh my god. Anyway, I have a brother-in-law and he's torn about Rogue One. Oh. And, 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 you know, quite frankly, a lot of people might be, and, I, and quite frankly, a lot of people are still asking, what's Rogue One? Exactly. Yes, they are. Why isn't Finn in that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where's yeah. the Finn? But so that all ties back into the original story of, of absolutely smart, sign out in the three pictures, whether or not you make them or not, whether or not it shows up. You know, again, it's, it's like the Robert Downey Jr. contract you sometimes hear about is it's not necessarily movies of Iron Man, it's appearances of Iron Man. That's yeah. what I figured. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a rumor about him appearing in Rogue One, which uh, Gareth Edwards actually gave a quick interview with Extra TV at Star Wars Ooh. Celebration. Right. And he said, quote, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to do this, but I think I should. Han Solo's not in the movie. Right. Oh, wow. So he just laid it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, which, uh, yeah, I think I discussed before too. It ended up being great news, as in our reaction to it that we're having here. Great news. We just don't. We know Han Solo that time period. Right. Yep. It's Harrison Ford. Right. We don't need that. So give me. I I can accept two years prior to Rogue One, and you got Alden playing Han Solo. I can mentally be okay. If you're mm-hmm. like minutes before, <laughs> uh, no, I don't need that. I might be able to, as a fully functional, hopefully fully functional member of society, <laughs> I, I'm, I can accept that you had to cast a younger actor <laughs> and then Harrison Ford cannot reprise that role at that age. Yeah. But yeah, start it early. Start it four or five years before New Hope. That's all we need. Well, that's all I got on the news <laughs> forefront. That's good, you know, and I'm sure as we ramp up, uh, uh, more and more things uh, will start coming out again. Yeah. Um, as, uh, you know, I, uh, I uh, my biggest Star Wars news to report here is I finally was able to pick up the new Funko Pops with Luke and uh, Ray on the, with Ooh. the lightsaber, Kylo Ren without his mask. I did not get a Maz Kanata yet. I had it okay. in my wow. hand. I might have run out of money on that day. <laughs> um, and General Leia, I haven't got as, as well. And, it, and I'll tell you, and I think 
both of you can appreciate, but I definitely know you, Joseph, your connection to Skywalker, Luke. <laughs> um, having a new Luke Skywalker figure of any kind in your yeah. hands is pretty darn cool. I oh, think man. I'm going to have to get that yeah. Funko Pop because they're not apparently going to make a Luke for The Force Awakens, which... Mm, I might be a Palpatine because I'm feeling rage. <laughs> good. Take this black series. Strike it down. Um, but it's oh, good. It's good. I, I, I didn't oh, get that Maz. Didn't oh, get that Maz. And, you know, one other bit of news before we get into our main topic here that we talked about on our Life Debt show, Joseph. Yeah. Um, Jennifer, again, you know, uh, is raising a Padawan of her own. So uh, diving full on into Star Wars books at this point is a little hard. So Joseph and I handled that review. But there's something we discussed in it that we wanted to... Discuss with you in person, which yeah. is yes. the therapy Ewoks. What the heck is this? <laughs> what do is you have it? before we have any explanation? Do you have a guess you want to share? The first thing that came to mind was like a psychoanalyst who who is an Ewok. <laughs> you lay down on his wooden stick couch. Come in. Is that right? I'm yeah. wise. I'm yeah. wise. Yeah, know, just like uh, a smoking Freudian. a little pipe. Yeah, Freudian nodding, beard. listening. Yeah, never blinking. <laughs> Never. <laughs> uh, that is close. Incorrect, though. Incorrect. Yeah, okay. but oh, I'm so glad I asked because that's that's beautiful. That's such a beautiful picture. So we'll give it. We'll give a light life debt spoiler. If you don't want to know anything yeah. and you're still going to read the book, maybe tune out here for about five minutes. Um, again, not a video podcast. Otherwise, you see me waving my hands. Um, our full review is up on Force Center about life debt. If you're okay to dive into that, but Joseph, I think uh, with that warning out of the way, let's get into this with Jennifer. Yeah, let's reveal this. So it is uh, a interlude, like they have in after in the aftermath books. Okay. So just a little scene that gives you flavor. Mm-hmm. And there is a uh, rebel soldier who has lost a leg. He's got a new mechanical leg, and he's clearly emotionally upset about it. Mm-hmm. And the doctor provides him with a therapy droid. Mm-hmm. The way that people in real life have like therapy dogs or cats or just some, if you, you pet it, it's mm-hmm. a companion just to calm you down, to keep you centered and connected. Oh so he's gosh. given a droid and he's grumbly about it and like, well, it could give you a therapy Ewok. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So they go into, and it was an, it's an interesting interlude. It, it deals with, in a very realistic way, post-traumatic stress syndrome for rebel soldiers or the injuries and, and veterans coming home. And it, it, it was it was a great little interlude. And I give I give Wendig a lot of credit for this. It yeah. was a great little scene. But the, the, the basic premise is uh, the Ewoks, after the liberation of, of Bright Tree Village and their planet and all that kind of stuff, um, volunteered to go <gasps> off-world to go uh, be comfort to these injured uh, rebel soldiers. They're thankful that the evil moon was blown up from their moon. It's <laughs> oh gone. Gosh. They have so many more helmets to play drums on, and they want to give back. I'm getting emotional. That, <laughs> I need a therapy Ewok. Right? I do. So Joseph and I were just, you know, putting that into play there. I mean, because they're not... They're not dogs or cats. No, they're, they're, they're sentient an, beings. Intelligence beyond that. Um, so I, we're playing out the scene as it were. I guess he just kind of sits there and maybe nestles up next to you. You guys share a treat together. Oh yeah, it's gosh. actually kind of cocky of an Ewok when you think about it. <laughs> they like, I know I'm real furry. I know I'm real cute. Just <laughs> me hanging out near you will make you feel better that your leg got blown off. I, th- I think of the great 80s commercial, my buddy, my buddy, <laughs> my therapy walking me. 
Oh my gosh. You know? This is, uh, can you imagine if this were real? This would provide so much joy. Thank you, Chuck Wendig, for, for bringing this. Yeah. It, because I think it, is, it redeems my friends, my Ewok friends. Yeah. It paints them in a new light where they, they are worthy yeah. of yeah. our love. <laughs> Yeah, they know how to share love. Which Ewok would you want if you wanted? If you got a therapy Ewok, which Ewok would you choose? Wicked, of course. I went to Wicked first as yeah. well. Um, you know, just because you know you could share a snack with them. Um, a little treat. But there's something to be said about just sitting there with old cocky low, low gray. Mm. Yeah, you know. Just watching a, a intergalactic sports game and him not understanding anything, and yeah. the, you know, trying to exp- having a drink with Logray. You know, I think I want the mom Ewok who comforts her little baby Ewok who gets frightened by three PO's story. Because yeah. I know that she knows about caring. She's oh, raised a baby Ewok. I, I don't know why I want to rip her from her baby Ewok, but it's kind of monstrous. <laughs> well, maybe, but maybe the little Walkling comes with it. Oh, oh, oh a whole gosh. therapy it's family. Extra bonus. <laughs> This is it. This is important stuff. This there we really go. Is. It is. Thank you guys. That's, yeah. that's the reaction I think I want. Yeah, this is a good one. It's a good one. And yeah, and much credit to Chuck Wendig because it is a really funny drive-by sort of joke, but it's contained in a really cool, thoughtful, meaningful interlude. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. It's good. It's yeah. good. So with that, we're going to go into our main topic today here on Force Center, which again is Star Wars Adventures of Our Youth. And Joseph, in, in choosing this topic, you and I wanted to uh, have a discussion uh, looking back into the past, as yeah. we like to do. We've spent a lot of time recently um, looking ahead and, and having fun with what's coming in the Star Wars universe. But as we do from time to time, we like to look back at what got us here and... Correct me if I'm not explaining it right, Joseph, but we wanted to take a moment to dive into our nostalgia and find out how we connected with Star Wars in our youth and how it did, did, did change over the years yeah. with the explosion of Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars universe, expanded universe, more movies, and of course, even stuff like this, these podcasts in the media discussion world, which definitely changed it. But let's go back to the beginning when we were young Star Wars fans. Yeah, I'm always fascinated with how when you love something, how you find ways to integrate it into your life. And like right now, we we get to do this podcast together, among other Star Wars adventures. So I was really interested in thinking about like how did we make it a part of our our day? How did we uh, interact with it as as kids? Yeah. You know, you had a memory, Ken, yeah. when we were talking about this mm-hmm. about playground adventures, right? Playground adventures, and I know. And again, if if you follow my Star Wars adventures here in the last couple of years on Jedi Alliance and Force Center, Jedi Council, and other places, I've mentioned a few times how I. Uh, Used to hoodwink friends into thinking Lando was a half Jedi. Um, and it's a sad state on the playground politics where you'd have to convince someone to be Lando. And not for any darker, deeper societal reasons, but just because Lando didn't have a lightsaber. Yeah. But playing Star Wars at recess was the biggest part of my memories of being a Star Wars fan as a youth. Um, again, we talk about the dark ages of the late 80s where Star Wars certainly was popular, but not as... It was an unspoken code. So if I had friends who were Star Wars, and I'm looking at you, Joel, and Casey, and some (laughs) of the friends, and Mark Hoxett, and all these guys I knew in high school, it was a secret code. Uh, Again, Star Wars is certainly popular. It never never really waned, but there was a time where it wasn't as as prevalent. Yeah. Until Zahn's novel started to kickstart the new universe. Um, So there was a code. But in, in the 80s, and coming out of Jedi, we my connection to Star Wars was reenacting it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes to an exact T. Yeah. 
Wow. Nope, that's not what you do. The weak way doesn't choke Lando like that yet. Wait a little bit to the first blast from the Jabba's sales barge. Um, and part of that was hoodwinking my friends to be like, you, you, we'd cast, you know, during as, as, as recess was beginning, and you're leaving the class. All right, you get to be Luke today. Uh, our only female friend's going to be Leia. Um, uh, we didn't gender bend the roles yet there. No. Um, we weren't that enlightened. Uh, you could be Han. And then it was like, oh, you can be Lando because we're doing Cloud City today. I don't want to be Lando. And I would have to tell my friends, look, it's not in the movie, but Lando's a half Jedi. He's like related to Luke. So he has some force powers. He can control a lightsaber. He can call it to him and, and wield it. He just doesn't have, like, mind control. Now, were you trying to convince kids to be able to play Lando, or were you just messing with kids in a dark side-like way? Mm. It, it was not, not messing with them. I'm, I'm pure of heart, Joseph. Yes. Pure of heart. Um, that's why I di- I'll die alone. But um, <laughs> too pure for this world. Um, but it was feeling like I, that role needed to be cast. Mm. Okay. And Lando's always been one of my favorites, and so occasionally I might play Lando, certainly. So it was more about, like, completing the set. It like, was completing the you set. You were trying to recreate this story, and yes. without Lando, there's a hole. We can't and do... And Sarlacc's already a hole, so you don't yeah. need another hole. We can't do Bespin, or the most reenacted was the Sarlacc pit sequence. Yes. Wow. Uh, because of my elementary school, Margaret Harlow Elementary in Arroyo Grande, California, before the safe plastic playground items came in we had a elevated piece of wood with a metal slide uh bolted to the thing and it i'm telling you looked like a skiff yeah it was elevated you could jump off and so we would dig a little hole in the sand enough to where like that's the sarlacc uh cast rolls and then we just all right go reenact it Oh, and we'd reenact the scenes, and we'd jump off. And if you were Boba Fett, and there was another, you could kind of jump to the the big stairs that led up to the top. Yeah, and you could jump there, and you could pretend like you're climbing up. If you're Boba Fett or you're Luke trying to escape, and we'd coordinate the kicks and everything. If you wanted to go down the slide, you could, you could. Otherwise, you jump. You jump yeah. into and you'd scream. <laughs> but you're and kind then, of a wuss if you take the slide. Is what yeah, I'm hearing. We, we'd mark you a wuss. Uh, the nerds would bark you in the wolf. And then, you know, we'd, we'd, throw it, we'd throw in a Sarlacc burp if Boba Fett went in. Oh, yeah. You know? So we needed, I needed Lando. Lando's key to that. Story. Yeah. You were, like, producing. Yeah. And then I was producing. Yeah. yeah. And then to re- you wouldn't hang off the edge of it to do the Han and Lando stuff, but we'd half, half lean over. So you just your body and arms, but okay. your legs are safely... Probably more, 75% of your body was actually on the skiff, but, you know, your arms were dangling free, and you could do that. I thought you were blind! Like, that whole (laughs) whole sequence we could do. Unbelievable. And we would do it ad nauseum. So that's my memories of what it was, was just simply wanting to recreate and reconnect to that universe. Um, I'm I'm bogarting the conversation. I'll I'll concede you guys here. But as it pops into my head, in my house at the time... um, I had a nice backyard, so there was a lot of different... Uh, it was blessed to be raised in, in a nice backyard. Um, there was two... There was a palm tree. So I had a tree house, and that could be a walker or this and that. There was a, a, a tree I could climb up, and I always felt like it was an, AT, an, an ATST. But there was a palm tree, and there was like two of the three of the trees would go straight up, but two of them would go completely, uh, you know, horizontal, perpendicular to the ground and basically go out horizontally. And you could get on them, and they were kind of side by side. You had speeder bikes. Yeah. So me and my friends, Randall and Fletcher and John Key, all these people from that year of school, which I believe was second or third grade, 
what if you could come over? We could be speeder bikes. And we would just, hey, we were just 35 minutes until, you know, after school, till Randall's mom came to pick him <laughs> up. Just, there was no point to it. And then you could fall off if you wanted to die or something. <laughs> so, you, you didn't have anybody cast as Luke waiting to cut no, you down? No, no therapy. He walks throwing rocks at you. <laughs> so over and over again, Love that it. was my connection, was reconnecting. And that was what I loved about Star Wars, which might connect to the video games now. Yeah. But Battlefront is so fun because you feel like you're part of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, so that's where my initial connection, that's where my love of Star Wars really started to foster. Was allow, allowing myself to crawl into the universe and, and pretend I'm in it. Yeah. I think I did a lot of, of that general kind of stuff. I didn't have as many playground mates. I had I, I have an older brother who's three years old, and that shaped a lot of my experiences. But th- when I was thinking about this, I was thinking of how much I used my story time with my Star Wars action figures right. to deal with other ideas or incorporate other interests because mm-hmm. I think I had so successfully immersed myself in Star Wars, thinking about it constantly, that I never wanted to leave it. Mm. Right. Like, one of, one of the, my earlier memories is some distant relative died. Mm. And I didn't really get that, and I was trying to sort of process, and I had my Obi-Wan Kenobi action figure, so I was asking my mom about death. And she oh. said, she, I have, my mom was not very old when she had my brother and I. So she would say some kind of crazy half true stuff. She would say some Obi-Wan Kenobi stuff to us because she didn't know what else to say. <laughs> so she said, well, it's okay. When people die, they go to heaven. And it's like, right. great. great. Where, where is heaven? And she's <laughs> like, well, it's above us. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I'm cooking. Leave, you know, like I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying, kid. Uh, so I, then I had that epiphany of like, well, Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't have to be gone. Right. So I put my action figure on the top bunk of our bunk beds, <laughs> and I had Luke Skywalker throw up his grappling hook and say, it's okay, Obi-Wan, you don't need to be dead anymore. You can climb down because you're just literally above us. You're just above oh us. Wait, it out. <laughs> so yeah, I used yeah, them to so process sweet. things like that. That's Yeah, that's pretty big for, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, the, you know, the death of Yoda traumatized my sister. We had to oh, mm. carry her out of, a, out, of, out of the theater while she screamed, Yodi, Yodi, Yodi. Really? Um, yeah, that was tough. But yeah, I could see where that that's a good thing. Any other big moments? Yeah. Like on um, your wedding night, did you like, oh, this is what Han and Leia did at the end of Jedi? <laughs> there was no I know. Yeah. In fact, at our, actually, the main thing at our wedding is at our I had a bunch of people come up to me. He's like, I, I can't believe you didn't do any Star Wars stuff. Really? He's like, yeah, you know, I do have a little bit of separation in my life sometimes. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Jennifer has none. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I also, this is one of the things that haunts me that I can't look up, which mm-hmm. is the name of my cloud car pilot. Because my brother and I were both very uh, insistent oh, yeah. on making narratives with the action figures. We didn't like it when kids just bashed them together. Absolutely. Like, we had to tell a story. And mm-hmm. sometimes we would act out things that happened in the movie. Sure. Like you did. But other times we would just want to come up with, like, our continuing adventures. Yeah. And then and they would connect over time. So the I had a cloud car pilot. I wanted him to have a character. I gave him a name. I have no memory of what it is. But then he was trying to get Princess Leia to have an affair. <laughs> And my brother didn't like this at all. <laughs> Car pilot. <laughs> yes, with Leia. That guy, that guy had some aspirations. What a he really did. So guy. when I played by God myself, I, they would Leia would be tempted. Then she's like, "No, I'd like actually raise her little action figure arm so she could go." No, 
I, I think I want to be with Han. And then my brother come home and be like, well, what, what, what story have you been telling? He's like, well, the cloud car pilot is, is trying to start a romance with Leia. And then he'd have his Han say, no, that's ridiculous. And then they'd fight and punch. and Yeah, so a lot, processing a lot. That's all. I once had a G.I. Joe, a Destro and Baradus were dating, <laughs> but Zartan's sister, Zarana, came in and tried to make a play for Destro. So I, I, I'm with you, Joseph. I'm with you. These I, get, things, I get where you're wow. coming from. These things happen. Yeah. Uh, but you're processing the nuances of, of courtship and yeah. relationship. Sure. Yeah. And then the, the last thing I'll share, because then I want to yeah. hear your, your thoughts, Jennifer. <laughs> um, when I started to like other things, mm-hmm. I would feel guilty about not playing with Star Wars. Mm. Yeah. So I would incorporate other things. There was a Christmas mm. where we got these little take-home arcade games yeah. where they were shaped like arcade games and you could get like Pac-Man and Donkey Kong. Right. And then yeah. you couldn't win. You just played forever. And they're not good now, but at the time it was amazing. Right. So this was a... I think... I want to think that this was like 83 or 84, so it was around when Star Wars was waning, like the other kids in the playground didn't yep. care as much, and I was really like, no, I'll never give up on Star Wars. Right. Uh, so we would contrive narratives where the Emperor came back and trapped Luke right. in this terrible place where a monkey is trying to throw barrels at him. So I would imagine <laughs> that when I'm playing Donkey Kong, I'm still technically playing Star Wars because Luke is trapped in there. As an Italian plumber, it was not a strong narrative, but it was that desire in retrospect to like stay, e- even when I went and explored other things, to never let go of Star Wars. Right, mm. right. Wow, that's that's uh, insane. That's nuts. It's it's. I want to frightening. I want the conversation with Luke. Like, all right, let me get the overalls. <laughs> Put those on. This is when we need the actual Ewok therapist. Yeah, to the actual. <laughs> I need an actual. Yeah, the I therapist mean, Ewok, not the therapy. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. There's something there. Yeah, this is great. How so about nice. you, Jennifer? You guys had such a wonderful. Uh, I, w- I wish we were all friends back then. <laughs> Absolutely. Can you imagine? Absolutely, we oh, would have gotten along great. We would have been gosh. on that playground. All day. All day. All day. Absolutely. That would have been awesome. I feel like my, I don't want, I'm not going to paint it a sad tale, mm. but I was definitely shy. And, you know, I'm, sure. I was, so it was. You hadn't danced in the train station yet. I had not. Yeah. And there was definitely kind of this thing where, you know, I didn't know a lot of kids that, that, that would embrace me as a Star Wars fan. So for me, it was more about like escapism, which I, I've talked about. And, sure. You know, going to my backyard and I would pretend like the Ewoks lived in the trees and we had a little tree house. Oh, yeah. So sometimes I would be, you know, a rebel and then sometimes I would be on the side of the Empire. And so it just would be this, by myself, you know, this fantastical play. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it it really was the birth of where I decided that I wanted to be a performer. I wanted to, I wanted to live in that fantastical world, but Mm. for my job, it was like five and I don't, right, right, (laughs) right. they asked me, what do you want to be? I want to be an actor. Right. So, I mean, and if you think about that time period, the movies were incredible. You know, we had Goonies, we had E.T., we had all of these fantastic, where the underdogs, and that's what it was for me, that Star Mm. Wars was a story of underdogs. That succeeded. Right. So that gave me so much hope as a kid. Right. That someday, you know, I could have my comeuppance. Um, But yeah. 
Were there kids around for you to play with? <laughs> no, I, I didn't. That sounded like, were there even kids? No, did you did you have other friends who were interested in playing Star Wars? No, no, not really. I mean, I had my mm. cousin, and he was great. Mm. Um, but it was kind of complicated where I grew up, and mm. there was, you know, some discrimination and all that. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I want to talk, too, a little bit. You have that perspective of... of connecting to Star Wars in an era, and you're slightly younger than us, God bless you, uh, us old guys over here, um, but you grew up in an era where, like I said, I, I grew up in a small town, and women, uh, girls, I didn't know that they liked Star Wars, mm-hmm. and times have changed and are continuing to change, thankfully, as we still struggle with that, but you grew up in an era where, did, did you face that resistance from anyone else? I imagine your family seems very supportive. They're probably like, we're playing the trees all you want, kid, yeah. and be a rebel soldier. Um, did you face that too and, and have to overcome that early on too? Yeah, I would say when it when you're like in grade school, mm-hmm. it's just more like, hey, yeah, here, girl. You know, it's yeah. that kind of superficial sure, sure. level. Yeah. So that was kind of where that came from. But it was actually when I was in high school mm-hmm. that I quickly realized I had a kind of acquaintance group of friends, and I remember they were watching Return of the Jedi. I'm like, oh, awesome, great. And I, you know, started being the dork that I am. Oh, know about this and that. And they gave me this look like, who do you think? you are right. you know where it was it was a bunch of guys that were my friends well they mm-hmm. weren't really my friends they were acquaintances um and so that was when i kind of realized oh people don't want to hear that so they were so in this did you say high school in high so school. so they were already sort of gatekeeping star wars yeah where it was or i felt the need mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. to almost prove myself yeah. how many times have you watched it or sure. you know that kind of thing which is really i know that not all women have experienced that but for me for some reason i did uh, in high school, it was prevalent, and, and again for me, I mean, it just didn't occur to me mm. that that uh, you know there was again, like I said, some we'd have some that would be Leia or something, but they weren't close friends. But yeah, it just it just was ingrained, and, and there's been some people, even even Devin Faraci, the the film critic, has said you, you got to remember at the time it just was the way was girls are going to go to the pink aisle, right. boys are going to go to the Star Wars aisle. So it didn't occur to me. I grew up to the point, and even high school wasn't as prevalent. I graduated in '94, but later on, where even now I'm like, great, Jennifer likes Star Wars, Maude Garrett likes Star Wars. This is great. This is where were you? Uh, and you were probably right there. <laughs> yeah. But it was just so weird. So I'm just wondering if you. Yeah, that's why I want to know. So curious. It's a it's an important perspective because to to hear that your 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 parade was rained on in any it, it it's it's retroactively tragic uh, in a way. And yeah. and uh, I wish you were on the playground. Me I wish too. you were jumping into. Well, the yeah. Let me ask pit. you about that because maybe this is uh, maybe our experiences converge into an experience that makes sense. Uh, so during the, those real formative, super young years, mm-hmm. I'm mostly lived in smaller towns mm-hmm. and I would try to get girls to play Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And they always said no or I, there was like one girl who would begrudgingly play Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. But it was, and as I've gotten older, I've now wondered like, did did people feel afraid to say yes, I want to because they are supposed to stay in their box? Right. So if, mm-hmm. if, yeah, a, if, a, if a friendly boy or a weird boy who was like, I want to play Star Wars with you. We'll be Princess Leia. Would you have been down with it? That's or a good you been impression like- of me at five, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. yeah. Will you be Lando? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I just feel like at that, 
at that age, it was very awkward where it's like, you know, but at the same time, Star Wars was such a huge part of our American culture, Yeah, you know, so it was kind of accepted. But at the, I think it was more about just like girls and boys not wanting to play with each other as much or there was like there were real clicks like it was yeah. weird it was almost like a john hughes movie sure in, in yeah. grade school well, you know why hughes was so good he captured what was real but it goes goes to that too look i'm 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 still shy around women um so i, I would definitely at if seven years of age not want to play star wars with girls just because it was a girl and i was afraid of her right but uh retroactively i wish i had, had known and that's why did, did you ever at any point uh, extinguish your fire just because you felt you had to? I would say that I went undercover. Okay. So then after yeah. I started having these kind of negative experiences in mm-hmm. high school, I was like, oh, maybe maybe I don't, maybe I'm not as super of a fan as I thought I was. Uh, I began right. to kind of, well, yeah, it was all awful. And then and then it, when I got to college, I was free. Yeah. And that was when I'm like, hey, this is who I am, and I sure. love Star Wars. And then <clears throat> with the birth of the internet, my world mm-hmm. exploded. Yeah. Right. And it was like, there are so many people like me, so many other female Star Wars fans that we can mm-hmm. connect. And then I was shocked to hear that this still goes on today mm-hmm. with young girls. You know, remember that story with, um, what was her name? Um, uh, Gold, oh gosh, I can't remember. Carrie Goldman? Uh, anyways, there was this young girl who brought her Star Wars lunchbox to school. This was mm-hmm. just like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And she was taunted and teased oh, by wow. the kids. Like, that's that's a boy thing. You can't right. have that. And I'm like, whoa, this still happens it still does and i i think i think some of it still is just the natural separation yes. of boys and girls i think some of up to a certain age yes by the time you're junior high high school but i think hopefully it still might be there in a different way but um but i i hope now we can change i don't i don't uh see myself having kids but if i do i and i have a girl damn well she, she's gonna be in star wars fan or, no, I'm kidding. um she's gonna play lando yeah she'll play lando or hoodwink another kid into it yeah um but yeah so uh, yeah yeah I, right. I, I guess it's still there but 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 you know what? Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, this was this was before The Force Awakens. This was before Rogue One. And when I was interviewing people at Comic-Con uh, just you know a few weeks ago about geek parenting, there were so many young girls dressed as Rey, and all yeah. of them were talking about how incredible it is that we have these strong female characters. And it really mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of is changing, I think. So I don't know if that would necessarily happen. Yeah, I think the much. argument, I think that's part of the power of it, is the argument that it is a boy's thing is not very strong when the main character, the hero, yeah. is a woman. Right. Yeah. yeah, you just can't keep making that argument. Right. But I want, I still wonder if, if there is just a little bit of, uh, like in high school, junior high, a little bit of social anxiety. Oh, absolutely. About choosing to like one thing or another based on gender. Right. Yeah. Uh, even though I think a, a lot of us adults are trying to talk about it and try to be more open about it, that sure. there's maybe in you know in high school and junior high still a little bit of tension there. Right. I, I think so. I think that's that's fair to say. It's maybe sometimes in this era of discussing and working through things publicly on Twitter, uh, <laughs> hard to address that nah, at the end of the day, most boys and girls are still uncomfortable around each other. Yeah. Um, but but the connection, the connecting thread of Star Wars is 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 I think powerful. I, I mean, my my cousin's daughters, uh, you know, eight and ten. I took them to the first convention at, at uh, Wizard World Las Vegas when Joseph and I were out there, and one was dressed as uh, Ray, the other yeah. one was dressed as Kylo Ren, and it oh was awesome. Gosh, did you did 
Princess Leia, I'm sure you connected with, but it, I, I don't. I never get the feeling from you that that was it. No, you know, I, I do. Sometimes I'm like, oh, why didn't why didn't I? I don't know. I connected with the creatures, quite frankly, so okay. much more. Maybe because I did feel like quote unquote different. So for me, like that's why I love Jabba the Hutt. Right. You know that he was so powerful, and yet okay. you know this giant slug, basically, and right. you know all these other different characters of all different skin colors and crazy heads sure. and whatnot. That to me was where I was like, those are my people. Right. That's how. That's oh, where so I. So you would wanted fit. to be like hanging out in Jabba's palace. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was where I would come up with my my fan fiction. You know. Oh what, really? Yeah. What was the palace like? What kind of Travelers stumbled their way in there. You know, hmm. was he a kind host? Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Was he you know gracious? What? I get the sense that Jabba put a threw a threw a good party. I think he did. You just might end up dead, but he threw a good party. Yeah, yeah. it never ended. It's an endless party. Yeah. Real gross, low yeah. hygiene. Yeah, I don't think there's any of those little sanitary hand washing stations where you get the gel. I don't think there's any of that. It's like Burning Man, right? <laughs> like Jabba at Burning Man. Jabba's Burning. So did you? I know. I know Jedi was like your your big thing. Mm-hmm. But then when you started to go back and watch them, did you relate to other creatures? Did you like the bounty hunters in Empire? I loved Yoda. Yeah. I mean, and, and Luke, Luke's journey, I think is what I definitely, mm-hmm. I related to a lot for mm-hmm. sure. And then obviously Empire became my, my favorite. Film. Sure. It, but it became the favorite for all of us when we got older, right? Exactly. Except you for Mark Ellis. The, <laughs> um, the nuances of that. At what point for you guys did, did that start to change and that fandom get to a Different, I wanted to say unhealthy, but that's not true, um, to a professional <laughs> level. I mean, at what point did it expand? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. at some point it went from, obviously you grow up and you get older, but, um, you know, went from playing on the playground, and I couldn't do that obviously in seventh grade. I tried. Um, <laughs> to just this knowledge-based, discussion-based, I mean, we were... We didn't know it, but we were podcasting back then. It was just at the lunch table <laughs> in high school. Um, was that about the time for you guys, too? Did it switch and your connection changed to Star Wars? Yeah, it went underground after the movies were yeah. done. And for me, that coincided with, with people getting older. And then it started to be this little bit of bubbling in the mid to late 90s when like, the Zahn books were coming in out that certain people would say, oh, you like Star Wars? Oh, yeah. and then you could quietly like Star Wars with those people. Mm. Yeah. But then for me, in terms of professional stuff, it took off in, like, 99, right before Phantom Menace came out. Right. Because I was acting, I was doing sketch comedy, but then there was this convention that was starting. Right. And they're like, hey, we're doing a masquerade, and then we need something to happen while the judges are doing something. We need the halftime show. Right. So me and my brother and a bunch of other comedy friends are like, great, we'll do sketches about geek stuff that we could never do. Right. At the like little clubs and theaters that we perform at. That sounds awesome. And we did, you know, we did a bunch of the first thing I wrote was a Star Wars sketch, right. and it was for a thousand people, and that was like the holy crap. And then Whoa. even for years, that was still like the I can make some Star Wars jokes when I go to the convention, right? And now mm-hmm. it's to the point where like, you can oh, I can just do that all the time. Yeah, yeah, and it's weird too. I had uh, in should be two thousand two. Uh, I, I was finishing up at the Groundlings, and I wrote a sketch um, where I played like a nerdy office get, kid, and uh, my friend Melinda Hill was in the sketch of Brian Keith Etheridge, and I had secret figures, and it was like I was, the, and there was a cute girl, and I couldn't get her attention, and it turns out at the end she had a Amidala figure, uh, and the whole thing ended with me holding a lightsaber over my head, and we re- reenacted the poster from uh, nice. New, New Hope. Awesome. Uh, it was a great sketch. I loved it. It got cut. It didn't get go because it was like, hey, it's, it's, it's a nerdy thing. A nerdy thing. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll stop. 
no no ner- no Star Wars nerd stuff. It was like plain to a small audience. Yeah, mm. and that was in two thousand two. You know, Attack of the Clones was out for Christ's sake. Um, <laughs> but then later on, then I closed my stand up act for years with with a joke about Ninum, who I still call Ninum. I refuse to call him Nine Num. I does, see that's what I which is, yeah, which is what Battlefront is calling thing. him. Yeah, right. Um, exactly. It's at at eighty eighty all over again. Um, <laughs> Um, but uh, I, I closed my uh, stand up act with a with a rather blue joke about what Neenum looked like um, and why it affected my sexual relations. Um, <laughs> and that joke, some nights would slay, and other nights crickets. Yeah, because it was still like, what now? Yeah. yeah, and I think that's the way it is now. Is it's out out in the general world? You still, it's the the luck of the draw. If you're just like performing stand up at a random club, it's the luck of the draw. Like everyone who'll know who Obi Wan Kenobi is. But they won't laugh at an Obi-Wan Kenobi joke unless they love Obi-Wan Kenobi jokes. Yeah. But then at the same time, if you want to build a life, there's so many people who love this stuff so much mm-hmm. that, you you know, you can always, like, unlike when you're a little kid, mm-hmm. you can always find people yeah. who want mm-hmm. to relate on this stuff. Right. Yeah, it's still, I mean, it's, at, at my job now, our, our development guy, um, uh, Jack, who came over from Nerdist, I mean... We connected simply because every day he has a Star Wars shirt on, and every day I sit and we sit and talk about Star Wars, you know, and that was what got us connected as friends now as work friends and it's it, it's still and he's in his mid-40s and has two kids and a wife and and i certainly don't but we can connect <laughs> over the fact that he's got a you know a rebel alliance backpack mm. yeah and it's uh, and it harkens back to those times in the late 80s where it was like oh you like you like star wars so if i if i say i got a bad feeling about this in conversation you'll laugh you know which is another <laughs> way of connecting to it yeah, yeah. connected to it Throwing in little uh, little references and little jokes, yeah, and little uh, you know little quotes, and that's how you knew someone else knew. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. another kid discovering that I had bought the crappy pan and scan VHS tapes of Star Wars, <laughs> and we weren't even really that good of friends. And he came up into the ho- to the hall, and he's like, "Yeah, hey, uh, I heard you got something." It's like, I think this guy thinks I have pot. I think this guy thinks I have drugs, and I didn't. I hear you got Star Wars on videotape. (laughs) And it was literally like a drug transaction. Like, all right, I'll quietly give these to you in a bag. And I remember, too, in 94, 95, when I started going to, I was uh, in junior college before I dropped out to start my radio career in one of life's best decisions. Uh, um, Even then, Star Wars was... Half the room loved, and other people were like, no, real film is. Um, right. And then the power of the Force figures came out. Mm. Oh, and we would race out to go to the Toys R Us, which was luckily uh, near uh, Allen Hancock Community College in Santa Maria. Um, and me and my friend Joel, uh, who was in the class there, we would, we would uh, race over and buy the new power of Force figures. And it was unbelievable to us. I mean, you remember. Oh, God. It was huge. Uh, Mm -hmm. That was huge. It was like we're reliving our past, which was only 10 years ago uh, (laughs) at the time, 12 years. Um, And then it became you'd come back to class and to the late night screenwriting class or whatever. And then it was like, is is that a... uh, is that a uh, is that a Bespin guard there? Is that Lobot? <laughs> and then it, that's where it seemed it started to unfold more, where it became more open. Yeah. Mm. yeah. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. How about you, Jennifer? How did you emerge from the dark period? Yeah. I think that it was kind of an undercover thing where every now and then you'd encounter someone and be like, oh, yeah, you're a fan too. Cool. And then I I almost feel like around 2000, you know, it's really funny. Even 2009, 2010, when I started making YouTube videos about Star Wars, then it was like, even then people were like, oh, you're talking about that old movie. You know, because yeah. there were no, yeah. even though we had all the expanded universe and we had so mm-hmm. much, mm-hmm. you know, going on, there were still people that were like, oh, that's, that's an old school thing. But of course, at that point in my life, I was very free where I'm like, sure. I'm going to go dance in Union Station. <laughs> um, but then now we think about it. And because it is, we're getting these new films and all this new content. It's amazing that now it really is not not a secret club anymore Mm-mm. you know yeah. and there's something kind of cool about that that anywhere yeah. we go you can encounter a star wars fan yeah i, I it gets me excited yeah but yeah i would say in the 2000s was when things started to shift and certainly i became more comfortable with expressing who i really was yeah 
or am, which is a Star Wars fan. And putting it on the internet, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to, to connect with other fans, that's why I did it. Yeah. Because I was like, well, my, my, you know, people who love Star Wars, they're going to get it. They're going to yeah. appreciate my, my ridiculous Star Wars videos. And, and yeah. in your Star Wars wedding, no one in your family went, really? They went, well, of course. Oh, they went, oh, no. And then they <laughs> said, <laughs> for, it was really in, no, don't do that. So, really? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. My mom, yeah. My mom, she was like, okay, I mean, don't I, do this. I get it. Yeah. I get it from a respect perspective of, uh, I had some friends who um, I did not attend the wedding, but uh, I couldn't, but they did a predator wedding. What? what? Including the, the pastor who married them dressing as a predator in full mm-hmm. costume. And, and and it was amazing. The pictures are amazing. My friend uh, attended. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, is that what uh, 40 years from now the pictures? But I guess... Please tell me it was like an hour-long traditional Catholic wedding <laughs> where they're all just dressed <laughs> as predators. <laughs> um, so I get that from a certain point of view. <laughs> from a certain point of view. Um, but yes, uh, I, I, I admire you for just doing it. Yeah. Just doing it. Yeah. We're getting Star Wars married. We had to. We had to incorporate it in subtle ways. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, yes, I've seen some weddings. I've seen some Star Wars weddings on the internet where I'm thinking, uh, well, okay. <laughs> Maybe we scale back everyone being in costume, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> oh. Oh, <laughs> little man. flavors here and there. Uh, yes, yeah, you know, to wrap up, I guess, a little bit, the Star Wars Adventures of Our Youth, man, there was just, it was so. Uh, you know, we'll never get to go back to that time again, not just I meaning going back to our youth, but as Star Wars fans, we're so far past it. Your your child, Jennifer, will not grow up in that same type of era because it is just so prevalent. Her mom is saying, uh, sit down, here's Jabba, rip the page out of the book. I saw your post today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's there. And right. and my family didn't have that. I They didn't pass down Star Wars to me. Um, I had to find it myself. My mom, I remember pestering her in a grocery store line going, but what happened to Obi-Wan? Is Obi-Wan related to Luke? Why is he a ghost? Why is it? And my mom's like, I don't know. Almost like trying to explain heaven, Joseph. She's yes. like, I don't know. And, and the Empire Strikes Back, he uh, dies or something. And I'm like, well, why does he die? Because uh, is he real? <laughs> and, and that starts the obsession with the, the, the lore of it. But it was like we had a family friend who, uh, older, they're probably, what's so funny, they're probably in their mid-20s, but I was five or six, so they seemed 70. Um uh, but the the husband had all the the the, the figures in a C three PO and Darth Vader display case. You remember yeah. they sold those display cases, oh, and God. my parents they would go over there, and um, he I'd like ask to see it. Can I see that? <laughs> and he would know Kenny's here, and he'd bring down the figure, and he wouldn't let me touch them. They were out of the box, but they were displayed in that C three PO and Darth Vader carrying case. case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would just sit there, eyes wide open, be like, "That's a stormtrooper. That's a sand person." That, you know, and, and and but it was weird because it was again, it was like it was this one dude in the corner. Right. My mom and dad weren't like, and we like it too. Yes. You know, uh, yeah. that has changed for the for the for the good. I would think. I would hope. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's going to just keep rolling on. I had this great interaction with my nephew, my brother-in-law's child. Right. So I can remember brother-in-law. They were really excited for me to talk to this six-year-old kid because he loves Star Wars. And they were trying to say, like, hey, hey, you can ask Joseph questions. Like, it's okay. Why don't you just tell me what you like? Who's your favorite character? Mm-hmm. And they, the, my nephew said, uh, Kylo Ren and maybe Luke Skywalker. And he's like, but they're going to fight. And it's like, cool. Cool. Who do you think uh, is going to win? And he's like, well... Luke Skywalker is going to die. Like, 
maybe before they even make the next movie. And I was like, oh, do you mean the actor? He's like, yes, he's very old. <laughs> and it was exactly what you're saying, that perception of age. Like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, like, I couldn't help myself. He's like, he's not that old. Not Come that old. on, kid. He wears Converse. Yeah. He's, he's not that old. And I, do, I don't get to see my nephew very much, so he was very, he was yeah. very guarded and cautious. And then, gotcha. you know, we spent hours together. He didn't want to ask Star Wars questions. He's a kid. He wants yeah. me to know that he knows Star Wars. Right. So he would tell me things every once in a while. Then we got ready to go after this long day together. Yeah. And he said, um... Uh, may the force be with you. <laughs> and that was like the mode that was clearly like the like, I accept you, uncle. I accept you. Yeah, I it was beautiful. That. That's great. It's up to us, you guys. It's up to, to us. To pass this down to future generations. That's right. I, I feel it's going to be like, oh, Dad, are you podcasting again about Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, Star Wars is here to stay. Thank you to Disney for their one oh, Star God. Wars film a year and 42 Star Wars comic books a week. <laughs> it will be here forever. What a great time to be. Star Wars fan, as you say, those are some great stories, uh, personal uh, perspective, and, and uh, a look at growing up in the 80s and 90s as a Star Wars fan. But we want to get to some audience questions now. Joseph, we got some great ones. I'm looking at them now, but you're going to guide us through it. That's right. We got one from Matt Brown at MattBRW08 on yep. Twitter. Prequels are trashed for their weird dialogue. What line of dialogue sticks out to you and is your favorite from them? So I think uh, I think Matt is asking if there is a both what what is your favorite bad line and your favorite good line I think is a fun way to interpret that. Wow, there's so many to choose from. I'm almost drawing a blank. And Matt, you're 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 just a good question. It's a great question. Uh, I, uh, a great question. Matt's a, a good fan of a lot of things. I've actually had dinner with Matt. In New oh, York. awesome! He, he's a good he's a good guy, and he's probably laughing that he's stumping me a little bit now. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna. Do you have one? Do you guys have one? Uh, uh, just okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> noted I, prequel <laughs> expert. Yes. <laughs> prequel liker. I'm a I'm a prequel <laughs> defender. I'm a prequel liker. Uh, there are a lot of lines I like. Uh, I think just in terms of like a real quotable line, the, there's always a bigger fish from Qui-Gon Jinn in Phantom Menace. Too, yeah. It is one of those things that sneaks yeah. into, it's just kind of yeah. good wisdom when you're stressing out about something of like, mm-hmm. there'll always be some other problem that look makes this look, puts this in perspective mm-hmm. in some way or bites the head off the problem that you're <laughs> dealing with right now. So I like that as, a, as an actual good line. A lot of, um, uh, uh, I, I love the, I've talked about it before, I love, I will make it legal. <laughs> <laughs> it's powerful, it's evil, and it's also exactly the kind of evil that he's going yeah. to do. Of yeah. like, he is going to make it legal, because he's not just a shadowy guy, he's a senator too. It's so, f- yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the prequels that... And not even say that's unintentionally funny, but are just fun to say. They're mm. fun. Like, I will make it legal. On a different, like, I'll, I'll sometimes say, he can help you. He was meant to help you. Uh, as Shmi Skywalker, because it just was such, and, you know, Pernilla August, like, God, God bless her, like, I got her ex, like, I, that just always stood out to me as, as fun. Like, some of my favorite lines, like, I love Obi-Wan at the end of Sith. You were the chosen one. I don't care how over-the-top melodramatic some people say that. I love it's, that. It's no, pitch perfect, I think. Pitch perfect. So, um, yeah, right, that's my favorite line. Yeah, um, um, Palpatine talking Anakin. Uh, uh, you know, if you had the story, Darth Plagueis the Wise. Yeah. Best sequence in, in all of the movies for me. Absolutely. A, a part of a, one of my favorites, but... Uh, I, I love. Uh, I, I want to hear your, your, some more of your favorites, Joseph. But I, I love. Um, I mean, Boss Nass, man. 
Yeah. You know, how many times on Jedi Alliance did I used to make Maud Garrett laugh by saying, through the planet core. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Strange Brilliant. English yeah. vampire with a lot of spit in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Misha thinking you should know better than the Naboo. Misha liked it. Brian Blessed. Oh, um, God, I love that. Um, I got to say, my least favorite line in any prequel thing, uh, even beyond sand, it gets everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I truly, deeply love you. That sequence is, is, I wish had no dialogue. It is poor Natalie Portman. Though, if you believe the stories of her attitude on the sets, maybe she deserves it. Um, when, and I don't even, the line escaping me, but it's when she's talking to Boss Nast at the end of Phantom Menace and does that bow to one knee and, and is like, no, we, I pray that you help us. And like, so we're <laughs> delivered horrible junior high acting in all of the movies. She's better than that. We know she's better than that. She was better in, in Beautiful Girls and 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 Leon the Professional. And here she is, just gone, just 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 oh, just bad. Yeah, I mean, I think there are definite moments of like, you have no direction for me, George. All right, all right. I have one. So yeah. the obviously the mm-hmm. one of my worst <coughs> lines would be, "Are you an angel?" <laughs> That was when I went, oh, no, this movie is not, I don't know, there's not much hope for this poor kid. I'm sorry. You know, it's t- acting is tough. Acting, acting is, tough. is tough. He didn't have a good director. No, yeah. but here's yeah. what's interesting. Now mm. that I have a daughter, I'm using Jar Jar's lines nonstop. That really? smells stinkowitz. Misa Jar Jar Binks. Misa Yohanna Seven. It's fun to talk like Jar Jar. Dello Felicates. She loves it. So I get a laugh. From the Jar Jar lines. See, George so. was okay. right all along. Yeah. He knew. Yeah, it's he a good... Re- yeah, I mean, Jar Jar's voice would have been maybe great in like an old Looney Tunes cartoon. It just, yeah, it didn't seem <laughs> yeah. quite right. My favorite unintentionally funny line mm-hmm. is General Grievous talking to the separatist. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm going to take you to Mustafar. It is a volcanic planet. You will be safe there. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember which Nemodian says, what? Safe? Like, yeah. And, you, and the, the, uh, there's always a bigger fish. It's so funny. Uh, today in the office, one quote came up, uh, and uh, I'll use my one swear word for the day here. Um, the, uh, one of my favorite lines from any movie that I put into a lot of conversations is from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and it's uh, Jason Mewes going, what the fuck is the internet? I'll put that into conversations that it doesn't belong to, just to, <laughs> just for, to, to me to explain confusion. <laughs> yeah. But I always use the, uh, I, I do use the, there's always a bigger fish, but another one I use when when things seem to be, Going bad, I'll go. Storms are coming, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that old lady, man. Just you know what I? Lady. You know what I say to myself? I said to myself last week when I was super tired and I didn't want to do something. Do what must be done. Uh, it's, I love that it's just like yeah, go kill Jedi because you need to be so full of evil. But like I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to wash up for bed. I just want to go to sleep because I'm so tired. <laughs> but I'm an adult, and I should brush my teeth. And I would like, do what must be done. <laughs> I mean, there's that. Um, awesome. Um, there's so many. I, now that Matt, that Matt Brown, uh, damn you, this is a great question. We could do yeah. a whole show on it, inspiring, unintentionally inspiring quotes yeah. from the prequel. Yeah, some great little Obi-Wan lines, you know, uh, sprinkled Obi-Wan's, throughout. And one of the, one I think one of the, worst moments in Phantom Menace, li- again, talking about little moments, is the introduction of Maul, when it's just like, here's my new apprentice, 
Darth Maul, and Maul just appears and like nods, like, "Hey, sup." Yeah. <laughs> it's just one it of is totally. I, I always expect you to love that because it's, it's clearly like a wrestling promotion moment because <laughs> he goes really deep and long on Maul. Here's my apprentice, Darth Maul. Yeah, Palpatine is kind of the manager. He's yeah. kind of the Bobby the Brain Heenan yeah. of Darth Maul. You get three minutes in the cage with Darth Maul. <laughs> it's, it's because the the trailers. You got to hear the dialogue never used in the movie from P- Peter Serafinowicz, you know, that, you know, last we reveal ourselves to the Jedi. And that's a good, I, that's a mm-hmm. good moment. And, and a good menacing voice and gives depth to Maul, but to have, in the movie comes along, it's like, this is my new dude. His name's Darth Maul. <laughs> Say hi, Darth. <laughs> it's just this weird sequence there. What's up? Yeah. yeah. And then, hey, what's up? Uh, one of the other ones I'll use a lot is, uh, is, uh, Newt Gungray uh, mm. going, is that legal? <laughs> Which is the setup for my favorite line. Yes. I will make I will it legal. legal. So we could we could put that together. <laughs> and then the, the all-time un, unintentional racist line uh, of dialogue, not mm. counting Jar Jar, is the uh, the same Nimodian with the uh, goggles that are unfortunately uh, real tiny slit eyes. Yeah. And he goes, They're going through the ventilation shaft. And, oh, no. But unfortunately, that pops up in my brain a lot. Yeah, it's might be Daltai Dauphine. <laughs> yeah, I think that might really I could bad. Be yeah, I just love hearing your guys' impersonations. That's just hilarious. Well, the three of us should just organize and just read the prequels and do <laughs> oh, all of our horrible, horrible and yeah. good voices. Oh, uh, we, have we should to do, do a, that. Oh, that would be a so much four fun. center live stage reading. Uh, we might have something <laughs> in the works. There. Oh, I'm in. We might have something in the works. All right, I should we move on to the next yes, question? Thank you. All right. Yes, oh God, we yes. can do that Sorry, forever. Guys. Ryan McKenna asked on our Facebook page. What would you like the next major ongoing Star Wars universe comic to be about after Darth Vader ends in a couple months? It's a good question. The Darth Vader comic book, really cool to hear them just say, this is the story we want to tell. We realize it's wrapping up, so they don't get the old Darth Vader story too clogged. It was supposed to be a five-issue run, and it's going to 25, and they did a great job with it. Uh, Cyborgs notwithstanding sometimes. (laughs) Um, So I've read every series now. Uh, and there's been a lot. Obi- Obi-Wan and Anakin, Poe Dameron, which unfortunately got really weird really fast um, and continues. Uh, Gracchus the Hutt. If you haven't read that, that's an, uh, right. it's, it's a thing. Um, wow. I think they're just a little crowded. A little crowded. I think Princess the universe... Leia failed a little bit. Oh, I say right. that respectfully. It had some great moments. Overall, not the best. Um Chewbacca, other than a great ending that somewhat made the holiday special canon, um, was <laughs> yeah. really awkward. There was an alien with a fishbowl helmet. Um, a lot of weird things. So I'm hesitant to say what I want next because I wouldn't mind them slowing down a little bit. Yeah. Because even the Han Solo comic is two issues in and is already hit and miss for me. And maybe I'm being overcritical. Mm. Um, but I do think there's something to be said uh, for, for... Kanan is an amazing series, and it's yeah. gone all over the place. Uh, prequels, post-Order 66, and even some stuff in the Rebels. Um, I, I want... To, if I want a new series, I actually want it tied in maybe a little bit more from the Empire's point of view. Hmm. We focused on all our different heroes. We focused on the different aspects of the fall of the rebellion. Shattered Empire was good, too. But maybe 
a la not quite Lost Stars, but I wouldn't mind even out of Rogue One. Let's learn more about uh, Director Krennic or or maybe yeah, a little great. bit more of the Inquisitors or something around the Rebels time period. I'd like to dive into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something uh, a slanted uh, from the Empire's point of view. Yeah. I think the key thing is they have to back off some of the main characters and main events because it's going to get too crowded. We want to have new canon for yes. forever. So yes. you can't clog the main things with too many stories. We're going to have yeah. eight minutes. Like Darth Vader had only so many years to have adventures, you yes. know, and they can mm-hmm. only so many significant adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see where they kind of got cut off in the Clone Wars of telling more of young Boba Fett's story where he okay. was on Slave oh, One. Yeah. He's uh, teamed up with other cool bounty hunters. That's a that seems like great comic book fodder because if you make a Boba Fett movie, you probably want him to be if they ever do that, you want him to be fully formed Boba Fett. But I'd be happy to see his continuing adventures from when he's fourteen, where they yeah. left off in the Clone Wars. And I think they need to find more spaces like that where an interesting part to fill in that's mm-hmm. not, that's going to stay away from everything else because you can do yeah. yes. Boba Fett has random adventures on random planets we've never heard of, right. just learning to be a, a bounty hunter. Yeah. Get, like where that. did he get his armor? It's not his dad's armor. Mm. Where did his armor right. come from? That's mm-hmm. a fun adventure to tell. I like that a lot, That's actually. That, that actually makes some sense, yeah. logically. Yeah, um, I fell off. I mean, after the whole cyborg thing, yeah. it was just, it was weird, and I kind of liked it, but then I just, I it was overwhelming. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. So you clearly want a therapy Ewok series. Now there, <laughs> there is an idea. Make it happen. <laughs> and that, that's kind of a side, you know, off yeah. in the galaxy, a little bit away from our main character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's totally not? good. But what's it, and I'm not answering for you, Jennifer, and I still want to hear your official answer, but there's something to be said that Marvel could do a short Ewok run. I'm surprised that they haven't. Right. I, I feel like the time is now. Maybe this this therapy Ewok thing might get some interest. I feel like the tide <laughs> is changing a little yeah. bit with Ewok Kate. Yes. Yeah. Um, I feel like now there's a backlash against the backlash, which I appreciate. Sure. So, yeah, that uh, that would be my pitch to yeah. do a little Ewok series. Yeah, I mean, much like the Ewok uh, movies make them you better, but you could do a, you, you could do a, yeah, you could do a little short run comic series on, yeah. on the sure. Ewoks. They're sentient. They have a perspective. Yeah. It'd be fun to see. Yeah. Totally would. Yeah. Well, you get to see the Sith Ewok or the, <laughs> right? You know that they exist. Good. Yup dub. dub. Yup dub. Perfect, perfect. Uh, All right, our final audience question is from Chris Whitehead at Osiris292. What is the new best viewing order for new fans once episode eight, nine, Rogue One, and Solo movies are out? That's a difficult one. That's a great question. Big, big question, Chris. Um, Jennifer, where are you you going? I I don't know because we have not seen Rogue One Uh, or the Solo film. you, You could be like, skip it. We don't know. I mean, I don't think so. I don't so. think yeah. so. But but my my new my latest order is I want my daughter to watch episode. You know, mm-hmm. start from the beginning with the prequels. Originally, oh, okay. I was like, oh, I want her to be the original trilogy. So now, adding in these new films, who the heck knows? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Rogue One might be too difficult. Depends on when we introduce her to it. Yeah. Because if she's like three or four, skip over that. Yeah, skip over it. Would you turn thirteen? We'll come back to that. <laughs> we'll come back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think if you start, I think maybe starting on either episode one or episode four still for a while mm-hmm. because the, you know, the new ones are going to continue to be like uh, bigger and flashier as we mm-hmm. movie making changes. That's if you the introduce them to people too young, they'll just see 
a style of storytelling that they recognize and they might not have the patience mm-hmm. for like the mm-hmm. slow pace at the beginning of A New Hope. Yes. Right. That's yes. a good point. Um, for me, um, again, depending on the age group, a, a, a child might be a different different view than <clears throat> running into the random person who grew up in a cave who <laughs> now needs Star Wars. Um, I'm still going four, five, and six, and then going one, two, and three, seven, eight, nine, maybe you throw Rogue One. The reason being is I feel in, in all machete orders and all that stuff, great, good stuff, love it, but I don't... Uh, I don't. I don't really subscribe to those. I want that person to experience it, not just as I experienced it, but as we all experienced it. So then you can create your own wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the lore starts to roll out as it should. Right. Um, yeah. I don't want to change your opinion, Jennifer. I want. You, I want you to raise your child the way you want to raise your child. I know, but it's the struggle. It's a real struggle. It's a struggle. So that. So that that person, if it's uh, you know an eight or nine year old kid gets to wonder, just like we did, who's Luke's father, yeah. but also what are the Clone Wars and what came before, because that's part of the fun to me mm. and why I was on the recess playground uh, reenacting the stuff and trying to explore the universe there was, was, was what are all these questions? And so to have it, it, different questions are set up if you watch one, two, and three. I think I've told the story of my friend's wife who was uh, born in Japan, which is a huge Star Wars location, but just never exposed to it the way we were growing up in American culture. And into her late 20s, hadn't seen it. So he watched, had her watch one, two, and three. And she was devastated when Anakin turned. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's some value to that, too, because it creates a different set of questions and a different set of, set of the questions of why versus how and who and when and where and just like you know why would he change that 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 kind of stuff so i would still go four five and six yeah yeah i think that's i think i would still do four five and six is is the starting point so you can understand uh how people got caught up in it Mm. right and to begin with a little bit yeah great questions Cool. So those are our audience questions. Shall we uh, move on to finish the fan fiction Let's for our do it. final segment? Yes. Uh, so as you guys who listen all the time know that we write these stories uh, that are little prompts for fan fiction. We hear on the panel answer them. Then we throw them up on our Facebook page so you guys can answer them. We don't have the best a weekly recording session, so sometimes we skip a week. So this was the last show's prompt. Only a short time has passed since the Battle of Endor. In the glow of the Rebellion's victory, Leia Organa and Han Solo make the fateful decision to marry. Before the ceremony, Leia had a frank talk with Han Solo about their vows. Look, Leia said, When I say I love you, you can't say I know this time. Han grinned. Don't worry, Leia. I've got an idea. This time when you say I love you, I'm going to say... Now, before I reveal the winner, Ken, you didn't get a chance to, to play this I was, one. Did, I was did, reading you, this going, did you want to play this one? I don't remember. Um, nah, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to concentrate on this next one. Okay. I, I'm not even cheating and looking ahead. Wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> hey. I'm not, I'm not even, I have it here. I'm not looking. Jennifer, I swear. I swear on my Boss Nass impersonation, I have not. Misa not looking at this. Okay. <laughs> uh, so here, here was our winner. Uh, was Dan Conesco, I believe. Oh, no, I don't believe. I'm sure I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Dan, C-O-N-E-S-C-U, our C- winner. Thank you, Dan. Conescu. 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 Uh, don't worry, Leia. I've got an idea. This time when you say I love you, I'm going to say it belongs in a museum. Like it. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Nice <laughs> lateral thinking. Great. That Alden Ehrenreich needs to be both. <laughs> he, he will be both. Oh. Alden Ehrenreich taking it all from Chris Pratt in <laughs> Rumorland. <laughs> yes, thinking. yes. All right. Are you guys ready for this week's prompt? I am yes. ready. Okay. Who wants to go first? 
I'll 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 go first, Jennifer, because you you had to do this by yourself last time, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. Excellent. Okay. C-3PO finally decided to broach the difficult topic with his old friend R2-D2. R2, 3PO says with uncharacteristic tact, if you knew that Darth Vader was Master Luke and Princess Leia's father, why didn't you say anything? R2 pauses, thinking, then lets loose a long series of beeps. Beeps that 3PO translates into basic to mean... How dare you suggest, R2, that I couldn't keep a secret? I am fluent in over six million forms of communication, and two of those are secrets. I am programmed to keep things from everybody. I would never have told Master Luke that his father was Darth Vader. There's no way that I told anyone at this point that Princess Leia is actually related to Luke. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. That's great. Are you ready, Jennifer? Yeah, can you give me the last part again? So R2 pauses thinking, then lets loose a long series of beeps. Beeps that 3PO translates into basic to mean... Well, my answer was kind of similar. Um, uh, <laughs> well, then maybe you should have gone first. A spoiler? You can't trust me with a spoiler? How dare you, sir? <laughs> nice. Nah. That's good. I was thinking, yeah, same thing. That's no, good. All right. oh, it's no. That's all right. If it helps, Jennifer, yeah. never, ever, for no amount of money, would I dance in Union Station. <laughs> yeah. And here's, I think, the plan. I think that you, for our next Finish the Fan Fiction, I think you should write one and put me on the hook. Yes. I've yes, been thinking yeah. about this. Yeah. I yeah. have a plan. You we need to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have there a plan. There was steel in Jennifer's yes. eyes just now. I was a little frightened. Excellent. I'm going to get the best fan fiction to hang you out yeah, to dry, I Scrimshaw. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. Because oh, yeah. I've been doing it for too long and putting you guys on the hook. It's time for you to put that's me on the hook dumb. a little bit. <laughs> Uh, as always, we'll put that on the Facebook page, and you guys out there will have a chance to go on the Facebook page, enter in uh, your Finish the Fan Fiction ending, and have a chance to win nothing but the thrill of having your name mispronounced on air. That's <laughs> right. Great. You too can be Dan Kanasugihu. <laughs> but go to the Facebook page, like it if you already haven't, and uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Guys, that was a, a super wonderful, full, long edition for yeah. Center. It's mm-hmm. uh, great to be back. Uh, it's been so busy. We all had busy Julys. Um, so good to be back in the same room talking about Star Wars and how it affected our youth and how we all uh, fell in love with Star Wars again. See it again for the first time <laughs> um, through the eyes of the youth. And I'm going to check in with you, Jennifer, uh, when we do Force Center, the 10-year uh, edition, because we'll be doing this for the rest of our lives, right? Yes. We're going to see where your daughter uh, knows uh, how she came to love Star Wars. We're going <sighs> to we'll interview her. Oh, I love like, it. Did you agree with Mom's decision to watch 2, 3, Rogue One, Force Awakens? Back to eight, uh, Ewok Adventures, her therapy Ewok fan fiction, yes, and then four, five, six. I love it, it. Uh, guys. It's always been fun, Joseph. Uh, where can they follow you, and what have you got coming up? Uh, Tell them some Star Wars jokes. Oh yeah, always with the Star Wars jokes. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, as at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can find all of my various comedy adventures on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. In particular, I'll be at DragonCon very soon. I'll be doing a bunch of different uh, comedy shows and panels. I think I'm doing a Star Wars therapy panel where I try to make people feel better about things that they're upset about. So I will be your therapy Ewok. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Jennifer Landa, where can they find you and all your dancing? 
Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Jennifer Landa, youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa, and my Facebook page, Jennifer Landa, where I have that dancing, I was going to say dancing Ewok, the dancing uh, Union Station video up. <laughs> That'll be in the next video. And soon to be her short film, Therapy Ewok, <laughs> uh, which is a pilot presentation for a Netflix Star Wars series. <laughs> uh, guys, you can follow me at Ken Napsock across all social media platforms. Don't forget to follow the show at Force Center Pod on Twitter. Like that Facebook page, like I said iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. We're on Podomatic and Stitcher. You know where to find us. If you're relatively new to our show, we're so glad to have you on board where we talk Star Wars with you guys. So, until next time, which one of you is gonna pretend to be Lando? deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.